Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Since this is a hockey podcast and since this, you know, everything has to revolve around the Leafs, Dear listeners, I do want to warn you that this is going to be a short episode in honor of their quick departure from the second round. <laughs> Long live the Southeast Division. <laughs> the Eastern Conference title will, the trophy will be renamed the, the Southeast Trophy. I have always said that the Leafs, that Toronto should relocate somewhere into the Southern Hemisphere so that people would get used to the Leafs falling in, in the spring. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's ha- it happens in my yard as we speak. <sighs> I, is, there, is there anything... more schadenfreude than watching Leafs fans go through that that little window that they had after beating Tampa but before the first loss against Florida that it was it was like and I used the analogy before it was literally it was literally like watching your little brother or your, or your younger sibling you know finally starting to compete against everyone else and then watching your father come in and say, okay, you think you got them? How about me? And then just beating the living pants off your sibling. who's was looking at you going like, did he, you know, did, did dad do this to you? And you're going, mm-hmm. welcome <laughs> to the club. There are a select few Leafs fans and probably people in the organization I feel bad for, but that's it. Oh, I feel, I, I'm not saying I don't have any sympathy for them. No, no. But what I was going to say is, boy, does it feel to be right about the Florida Panthers. Just everyone questioned the coaching hire, which, don't get me wrong, you should still question that. I don't necessarily think... <laughs> Andrew Burnett was the person for the job, quite honestly. He he took what was in place and he just he didn't run it off the rails. Paul Maurice is going to be completely decisive as a coach. You either love him or you hate him. Basically, did he coach your team at some point or not? And that dictates whether you hate him. But going for Matthew Kachuk, and even prior to that, Bill Zito acquiring Sam Bennett, who just got in Toronto's head and got all the headlines, a good top six forward who can just agitate the heck out of another team when, you know, you're allowed to do that risk-free. This is kind of what I think they were expecting out of the team last year. And they they course corrected on the fly. And better yet, 
they made a trade for a different player. They traded a good player for another good player. Two good players. They got somebody who could... And, and boy, howdy, this is just going to get beat into the ground. They got somebody for playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I get I get tired of the oh grit sandpaper blah 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 yada yada yada. But you know, there is something to be said for it, especially especially this time of year. And mm-hmm. it, that first round against Boston, he kind of showed you. He sort of showed the world. Um, what Calgary missed in him. And that is, okay, everyone, get on board. I'll get us out of here. Yeah. And then by, and then by the second round, he didn't need to be the sole guy doing it because everyone else was sort of like, oh, hey, hang on. This is how it's... Oh, gotcha. Okay, thanks, Matt. See, my joy is, is much, much simpler, much more spiteful. <laughs> I spent, oh no, nine, ten years blogging about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And yeah, before they or just as they were starting to become the team that they are. And uh at the end of that. And so, you know, I spent years being told, you know, the Southeast Division, Sunbelt teams don't deserve, deserve to exist by hockey fans and quote unquote traditional markets. And so just to have the Toronto Maple Leafs, mostly their media, to be honest, have to like listen to the fan base chanting after after they beat Tampa, we want Florida and they got Florida and they really got Florida. <laughs> and it just it just makes my spiteful little heart happy. <laughs> What I what I don't get, and and what still thrills me to no end, is is the factions of former NHL players who also who who now since they're former can become outright Leaf fans, just blasting. You know, oh, this is going to be the most least watched. Eastern Conference final in history with Florida and Carolina, and then going off on a rant about HRR, forgetting that Ottawa, Calgary, and Edmonton exist. Mm-hmm. Oh, Got news yeah, for yeah. you, Sunshine. Those are teams dragging down your H. Those are teams dragging down your HRR too. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. When when you're looking at franchise valuation, guess uh, you know everyone just assumes Toronto. Well, sure. Then it's Montreal and the Rangers, and then a whole bunch of teams that aren't in Canada. <laughs> so don't you know? If you want HRR to go up, grow the game, sunshine. Mm-hmm. Because there aren't more dollars coming out of Canada. You can throw another team there, but what changes? There's also the, the uh, someone made a good point to that particular player, was that, uh, you know, merchandise sales have jumped in both Florida and Carolina, so it's actually better for HRR. Right. 
A hundred percent. Where is HR? It literally is hockey related revenue. What's related to hockey merch. What do people tend to want to do when their local team starts making a buzz in the area? They're going to want to buy merch. Mm -hmm. And guess what? This is the second consecutive good run for the Florida Panthers. This is Carolina's fifth straight year in the playoffs. And guess what? Ticket prices are reflecting in that. Yeah. They can keep charging more and more and more, unlike, you know, certain Canadian franchises that charge 300 because they got a bunch of suckers. They, they, they've got their customer base. They don't have to do any work. See, it's, they're, they're threatened by the fact that, um, Hockey is their, is their national identity, which frankly I think is absurd because they have so many other things they can be proud of that are more important in my opinion. But, uh, and that if, if teams in the South and teams in the U.S. become more popular than teams in Canada, then what does Canada have after that? And so it's, it's an identity-threatening thing when you start like pointing out that you know maybe all the good hockey isn't actually in Canada for some people. What what they have, Cassie, is a bunch of Canadian citizens living and earning millions of dollars in American cities. <laughs> it's I know. just the teams are irrelevant. Oh, I know. I mean, that's that's the whole thing that infuriates me about like Canadian media generally is that their national hockey media everything stops at the border. They only care about the seven teams in Canada. And I'm like, but like half the NHL are Canadian players. That means half the players in the U S teams are Canadian and half the teams or half the players on the teams in Canada are not. So why, why are you not reporting on everybody because of that? And you're only just like focusing on, the seven teams in Canada. It's all, never made sense to me, and it annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> all news is local, Cassie, just like I politics. Know. I know. It, they can't make money from it, right? Yeah. You know, and that's ultimately what it is. It's it's harder to make money selling U.S. you know U.S. teams, even though Sidney Crosby, <laughs> you know, even though. Oh God. Yeah. You know, it's just whatever. Half, half of yeah. <laughs> half you know. the players in the on the US teams. <laughs> and and all and, and it's funny because all they ever seem to want to do is to tell you, you know, oh, this player is from Ontario. He grew up a Leafs fan. Yep. You know, he happens to play for the Vegas Knights. You think he's still a Leafs fan? <laughs> he can become one when he retires and then <laughs> go on insane rants about you know, HRR and escrow <laughs> and all this. <laughs> yeah. And, and escrow, how it impacted them. Get over yourselves, please. Get over yourselves, please. If I had the, if I had my system completely fully rebuilt, I would be playing the price of right prices, right. Fail trombone music right now. Ma, ba, ba, da, ba. <sighs> 113 wins, 114 losses, 27 quote-unquote ties or OT losses. 
Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're an NHL GM in the making, I'm sure. Mr. Raycroft. Uh, I, yeah. I don't... I have... I disassociate that with his statements. I don't care what kind I of he was. I, 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 I know. I don't was. because he was brought up into a system thinking this is the way it works. Because for the longest time, players did as they were told. They accepted what they were told. And no one has challenged that convention. Well, he... Until the current generation of players... For better or for worse. He played in Boston and played in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So talk about skewed perspective on markets. <laughs> right? You know, everyone has a right to their opinion, and he can have his opinion. But you know what? If you're going to put it out there publicly, then be prepared for yep. the results and the consequences yep. of that. And then he <laughs> went and played. To agree with you. Yeah, he went and played in Colorado at a time when they were uh, not oh, great. Dog poop. Yeah. He went and played in Vancouver, which is still shocking to me. Right before Vancouver, you know railed off a couple president's trophies, but that's Canada. They played for two years in Dallas where they were um, less than stellar. And sorry, a U.S. sports fan in cities with multiple teams that play at the same time, um, it's a competition for your, for your entertainment dollar. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what I, you know, Boston is going to be Boston, right? There's they're 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 a bigger Toronto. I mean, they've got a built-in Bruins fan base that's not going anywhere anytime soon. And even you know, even if the Celtics and the Bruins are in the playoffs, you know, there is a there is a big enough Bruins fan base that you're not gonna notice a dip in anything. Um just just stop. <laughs> Just stop. You know, you sit there and whine about it all you want, and then you turn around and praise, you know, Austin Matthews for so long. Well, hey, guess what? Guess where Austin Matthews came from? His guess hockey why upbringing. He got into hockey. So, you know, you <laughs> guess can't. Guess why have... he got into hockey? It was all of the, uh, the that horrible, awful Sunbelt yeah. retirement team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, do you remember like how big a deal everyone made when when Brian Leach broke into the league because he was from Corpus Christi, Texas, yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, whoa!" And now it's the norm, right? Hell, Toronto has two players from Arizona. What are they doing bitching about any of this stuff? You've got Austin Matthews and Matthew Knees. It is Knees, by the way. That is not how K N I E S is Knees, not Nice. I don't care if his family says it, they're wrong. <laughs> um, two players that came out of Arizona. And you guys are going to sit there literally and start complaining about, you know, small market and Sunbelt teams being bad for the game. <laughs> Bite me. You guys are bad for the game. No, 
it just actually, shows actually that, they aren't. <laughs> it just shows that he's like his information is out out of date. He's a and, and he has no idea what the current state of anything is. He is I uninformed. Always, I always loved all the people that sit there and say, you know, c- complain. Oh, you people live in a bubble. No, we're actually not the ones in the bubble. You guys are. Mm-hmm. You you are literally in an echo chamber in Toronto. Yeah. You get the because everyone's you've got what fifteen bajillion sites and networks trying to compete for all this stuff, and then everyone just starts feeding off each other, griping about this, that, or the other thing. And it's like Okay, you know, maybe if you, instead of contracting teams, how about you start contracting some of the media sources and actually make them competitive with good content, not just clickbait? Okay, enough about that. On to funner things. Because... The which Philip is, Grubauer Revenge Tour? Which is exactly where I was going, Cassie, because <laughs> to to one Mr. Raycroft's complaints, my mother is now an avid hockey fan. <laughs> and that's how you and How did that it. happen, Patrick? <laughs> that woman has been texting me every night asking questions or asking did you see that play oh my god or i really don't like this team they're you know they kind of they kind of play cheap or something stuff like that and and just as it's today mother's day um i have uh, some other family in town and i just said to heck with it everybody come over for a brunch buffet and i made a brunch i just did a you know simple layout right um, and my mother's first question to me is what time's the Oilers game tonight? As it should be. And I just, I felt like the Grinch, you know, my heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> so what you're saying, Patrick, is the fact that there is a team in your region, your area with accessible game times with the ability to watch a team without jumping through too many hoops, was attracted to someone who might have a passing interest in sports. Who is who is a a a sports junkie to a certain degree, because it is oh. something it is something like reality TV, right? It's live, it's entertaining, and always root for the whole, always root for the home team type stuff. Um, she has a sister who lives in the Bay Area, and the two of them snipe at each other beautifully when the Seahawks play the 49ers. That's just sort of carried over. So now this... But the beautiful thing that you just said, Patrick, was what time is the Oilers game? Yeah, it's at seven. Seven local. Well, no, no, but see, the the Seahawks... Or the Seahawks. (laughs) The Kraken are not playing the Oilers. That was his point. No, no. No, well, it's, it's the game's... Uh, the cracking games have become so engaging and playoff hockey, especially in the first round, I had to explain to their, I had to explain to her that, that hockey playoffs kind of goes like a microcosm of the season. The first round is generally always chaotic. It's always snarly, you know, just everyone's going full tilt. And then the early part of the second round is when we see a lot of weirdness happen because 
there's invariably two sides of, of each team that makes it to the second round. There are those that say we deserve it, but good God, that was painful getting out of the first round. And then there are those teams that are like, whoa, okay, now what do we do? And so you're going to get like this weirdness until everything sort of normalizes like around game four or five in the second round. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, this is just another version of this. So that's sort of like that malaise in, you know, around the all-star break type thing Mm -hmm. when everyone is kind of tired of the grind and then the second win kicks in for the playoff rush. And that's sort of what that first part of round two was. And, and she, she was griping about that because it was like, why are there so many blowouts? I liked the first round better because all the games were exciting. They were fast. They were, you know, it was, it was chaos incarnate, everything we love about playoff hockey. And so I had to say, you know, it kind of works like this. Not every season is going to be like this, but this is kind of a general pattern. And I said, now that we're starting to get into the, oh my God, we need to pick this up or we're going to be out of the second round, teams start kind of clawing their way back into things. And so that, as you've seen, that has actually kind of happened, right? There's, there's some games you were the dog, some games you were the hydrant in, you know, in the first four in the Kraken series. And then it started tightening up and, you know, some of it's also, okay, you know, we have to figure out how to play against these guys, but some of it's also, you know, what do we do now? Wait, we weren't expected to be here. Um, and some teams like the Leafs just really sort of play like we were happy to be nominated. Because um, I think, I, you know, and it's stupid to say that, yes, there was two ways it could go. They could either get bounced or they could either go on a, on a tear. But I was really leaning towards the 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 oh my god we made it out of the first round hype and then the decompression of of that angst of all those years and all the weight on their shoulders they were they were just going to deflate and they just it took them too long to figure out how to play again playoffs are basically mental endurance plus how to deal with how to play with people who are out due to injuries. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge of depth. Yeah. Well, it's not just depth. It's also mental endurance. Cause like, you know, like you were saying, if you get to the all-star break, people are mentally burned out. Right. Yeah. And either they find that second wind in the last two months of the season or they don't. And if they find it later in the last two months, then that carries over into playoffs but if they find it too early, then that doesn't really help them in playoffs. But it, it, at this point, it's all mental endurance because physically they are maxed out. They can't do anything more to improve their physical ability, their physical endurance, their physical like strength. They are where they are. And that's just, you know, at this point, it's just hope not to get injured and or at least not badly. And be able to like finish it out right now. It's just all mental endurance. And part of that is, how do I play? How do how do I play this game and keep people motivated? And this is everybody on the team. If we have this key guy out, right? So so it's all mental at this point. And you know, well, hockey's mental anyway. But um, <laughs> but it's all just mental endurance. Who has the mental strength to carry on? And you know, those who who don't have to deal with so many injuries tend to have like a better run of it. But yeah. I'm going to say one of the best things that could have happened to the Leafs 
was if Mitch Marner was injured. Because to your point, Cassie, they would have had to figure out how to play without Mitch Marner. And mm-hmm. he has been the he has been the most consistent performer throughout all of their sort of play uh, throughout all of their playoff woes. He has been actually the one player that has been consistent. He and William Nylander. But that next man up mentality and then, oh my God, everyone has to step up their game to pick up for the slack, I think would have helped them. Yes. Yeah. Because they, they could have refocused on other things rather than we just got out of the first round. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. And, and I, I don't wish ill on anyone, obviously, but, and I'm talking about a career ending injury, but just, you know, like a groin pole or, or, you know, or something that would have just prevented him from skating for a few days to get them sort of like, okay, you have to reshuffle the lines and, and everyone's kind of looking at each other in the room with the, now, what do we do? Okay. Everyone, you know, everyone sort of steps up a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I'm still happy they're out <clears throat> just cause it's funny. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and let's be honest, Florida and Carolina, that's going to be a fun series. Oh, hell be. yeah. Hell yeah. That's by be. this time, by the time you get to the conference final, Everything is like you were saying, Patrick, settled down. People have found their their you know, groove and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, playing games every other day for the most part, travel on certain days. So they have they have their schedule, they have everything in a certain rhythm and they they're and that's fine, but um sometimes that leads to very boring or more boring, I guess. I shouldn't say very more boring conference finals. Well, I think you also have the added impact of, of some of the conference finals. Generally, you have the added impact of the teams that are kind of expecting to be there going, okay, now we are one step away from the cup. Let's not screw this up. You know, mm-hmm. the, the ones that go on the magical runs tend to get that confidence building and, and it sort of snowballs into round by round by round. And the ones that are are sort of putting too much pressure on themselves don't make it that far. But what, you know, teams like the Panthers who've just sort of taken that whole um we sort of self-belief and it's and now and now you've got that momentum, right? That momentum is there like, okay, four more games and we're in the cup final. That's all See, we I, need to win four more. I'm hoping game seven with the, the Kraken and, and the stars ends up being the Kraken going, we're just happy to be here and we're just, you know, no pressure. We're just going to keep playing the way, you know, having fun and enjoying themselves because that's kind of where they're at. <laughs> I, I would hope so too. But regardless of anything, Cassie, we're still stuck with, stuck with Dave Haxtell. I know. He's going to get an extension out of this. I know. So I might as well say, okay. Let's get it over with and tear the Band-Aid off. Let them win it all this year. Yeah. Why not? And, and, yeah. And, uh, I'm really hoping I'm really hoping for a Western Conference matchup of Seattle and Vegas. And Seattle going to the final and winning the cup when Vegas couldn't in their first year. <laughs> and... and oh. I know Pat, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that just sounds beautiful. Doesn't it? It does. 
And is it any surprise that the two Western Conference series still going on at the time of recording in the second round have been much more entertaining than what we've had over in the East? Gosh, it's oh. almost like we already talked about that a few episodes ago, wasn't it? I think Florida. I, I'm hoping this. Sure. Sure. But I'm, I'm hoping this is, yeah, I'm hoping this is the dud round and we see a little more out of the conference final because, I mean, Tampa last year went to six games. Colorado swept the Oilers. It just felt like a foregone conclusion. This year feels like it doesn't matter which two Western teams make it. It's going to be a fun series no matter. And you've got the Bruce Cassidy revenge tour going on as well. Mm-hmm. Now, um, going back to my go ahead and rip the bandit off with Dave Haxtell. The reason I say this, Cassie, is let him win it is because then when the team invariably falls, you know, rear over ass over tea kettle in a couple of years, um, it's easier to fire him. Whereas if it's if it's a process of growth, you know, and they don't make it as far next year, oh, you know, it's okay. We'll go we'll go reassess things. But now you had a cup winning team, and now they can't seem to get out of the first round. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it expedites some certain things. Yeah, because I mean, you you get you get into this situation where you know Seattle, you get the expectations. Yeah, so Seattle has no expectations oh, no, this season. Wait, I'm still here. Oh. I'm still here. Bum, bum, oh, and you didn't even go for our soundboard. <laughs> no, I because I don't have that one loaded. I'm sorry. Here, let me... Uh... Yeah, woo-hoo, she's back. Where was she? <laughs> All right. This has been fun has been here's the scary thing about expectations for seattle does that force ron francis the silver fox himself to actually make aggressive and dare i say moves that require him to part with prospects i'll hang up and listen or, oh wait uh, no i can't do that <laughs> actually you can you can you can do that here um we could live stream this and boy wouldn't that be hysterical uh my bad. My cons- yes, you are. My concern with, with no, no, uh, it's still Toronto's fault. It's it's still Kyle exactly. Lupus's fault. Yeah, exactly. it's someone someone in their organization caused that. It was Brendan Shanahan. Ultimately, everything's Shanny's fault. No, not Shanny. My my fear on that side, Pat, is then it becomes looking down the roster. Who's going to go? You know exactly who it is. You know exactly who it is. They will have drafted him, screwed up the first year of his contract, screwed up the first year of his development, then dumped him for a shiny new toy. Yeah. 
and then we've just become Vegas North. Yeah. Yep. Eight. No, those are regular season totals. Ten games played, one goal, three assists for four points in the AHL playoffs for one Mr. Shane Wright. Not going to say he didn't have a mildly disappointing season all around, but also being bounced around everywhere has likely not been helpful. Well, and then Mm -hmm. there's also the classic NHL head coach thing of, of we don't coach here, so you have to figure it out on your own. (laughs) That doesn't help 18-year-olds, you know? (laughs) It's not a beneficial thing for them. Yeah, not even close. Um, where were we? Oh, the conference finals. Yeah, that's a uh, God. That'd be hysterical. Seattle and Dallas in the conference final in the West will just make people's. You got a Southern Belt. Seattle and Vegas. You mean? I mean Seattle and Vegas. Well, yeah. I don't know why it's Seattle and Dallas. I have Seattle and Dallas on the brain because it's been kind of an entertaining series, even tomorrow. though there were some, even though there were some blowouts. Um, Game seven is tomorrow for us. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Seattle and Seattle and Vegas will just, you know, will just cause Toronto to sort of self-immolate because they will not understand how two expansion teams in non-traditional markets are are there. And they'll think it was rigged. They'll well, they'll continue to go on saying that the you know the the uh, expansion draft stuff was rigged because mm-hmm. that's the easiest thing to do, right? Well, how hard is it to build a team? You know, when you can draft from everybody else, you know, take one of the top six players and yeah, I just let's, turn talk, it's, let's oh, talk about the '90s for a second, shall we? '90s expansion. It, it's <laughs> almost as if the crybabies. Who have their feelings hurt because things didn't go their way shouldn't be the ones in charge of making rules in this league. What? Huh. Fascinating concept, Ben. <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't know if it'll, you know, the idea will take off, but it's almost if you give someone a set of rules and ask them to operate within them, that maybe you can kind of figure out what you're supposed to do over time. And I don't know. It, it might be... Obviously, everybody gets a fair shot, right? Everyone gets everything the same? No, but that's the thing, Cassie. No one wants a fair shot. They just want the advantages themselves. Because if we really want to do this fair, everything's random. Yeah. Everyone who misses the playoffs, you all get equal odds. And let's only do one lottery. Only one team gets to move up. Or how about well, this? I mean, you, know it's, Why don't... you know it's not fair simply by how you know penalties are called, right? Same number of penalties, not actually who's doing the stupid stuff. Well, no, no Cassie, that, you know it's not fair. fair. <laughs> sure, it's fair. <laughs> you, you know it's not fair. What's not fair? 
Game six tonight, Vegas, Edmonton. We probably still won't get to see our sweet prince, Philip J. Kessel. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.